Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another week. Another career retrospective as we go to Denmark and cover progressive metal uh, metal band Vola, a band that I don't believe we've really discussed that much on the podcast. So this should be uh, this should be an interesting one. How how are you, my friend? I'm good. I, I I think the only time we've mentioned this band is when I thought they were sewing and said the name <laughs> wrong and That's vice right. versa. But I think I, I actually now have a much better grasp of which one's which. So nice. I, I I'm I'm glad to hear it. This is uh this is going to be an interesting one for sure. Um, for reasons I'll get to in a little bit. But before I do, I wanted to just mention a couple of things that kind of came across my plate that I, I think people might be interested in. The first is a band out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, of all places. And, and I say that um, to say you don't expect uh, melodic death metal to be really kind of hitting the shores of Phoenix. But alas, we have a band called The Shores of Ithaca, and they've just released an EP called Those Chosen. If you like Insomnium, go check these guys out um, for a debut EP or what I believe to be a debut EP. Quite a remarkable job by these guys. Five songs coming in about 41 minutes. Quite good. Quite good. Uh, and then moving a little further east, a band out of Greece called Mistfall has released their debut album on Scarlet Records. The album is called Celestial Vision. It's about nine tracks. And um, I guess on the heels of our Ad Infinitum retrospective that we did earlier this month, if you like that style, I think you'll enjoy Mistfall from Greece as well. Yeah, I listened to the uh, one of the singles uh, just yesterday, actually, um, when I was I'm, I'm working my way through busting out another playlist, and uh, that one made the cut on your suggestion. Um, so uh, that uh, that was that was good. I like that. Um, another band that in that, a similar vein that kind of reached out to us and asked us to give a listen to their stuff is a, a band called Terminal Dusk. Um, where did I say they were from? Portland, Oregon, I believe. Yeah, somewhere out west. Yeah, definitely um, from the states. Yeah, um, and you know, it's kind of this. It's definitely very symphonic. Um, has a little bit of a gothic uh, style. They have a a new EP called Marionette. Um, the uh, there's two original tracks, and then this really cool, dark kind of gothic gothicy cover of uh, John Lennon's Imagine called Reimagine. So. Um, I thought I would throw that out there. So uh, if you're into that kind of uh, symphonic metal, um, they're uh, definitely a cool, uh, cool band and you should uh, check them out. Um, I'm not mentioning them because they asked us to listen to their <laughs> stuff. I mentioned them because I actually enjoyed them. If I didn't, I wouldn't mention it at all. So uh, that was something I thought was uh, worth pointing out. Um but I, yeah, I will have this playlist out hopefully soon, um, and it will have uh, it will have the um, one of the singles from the Stream of Passion EP, which is coming out, I believe, in September. I'm looking forward to hearing that, and I do believe another track from that is set to drop sometime in the very near future. Uh, I'm sure we'll mention it in some form or fashion uh, when it does. Um, and and I finally got to listen to the uh, the new Pyramids album, and I enjoyed that uh, quite a bit. Not that that was really uh, to be unexpected, since they've been pretty consistent, especially their last handful of albums. Um, I think it's going to most likely end up on my year end list, but uh, I enjoyed that quite a bit in my um, my 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 
struggle to catch up on stuff. I also finally listened to Sacred Outcry, and I like that a lot as well. Um, you know, always good to hear uh, Daniel Hyman's voice, but um, that was good too. I definitely plan on uh, going back to that. And um, and also the new Scar Symmetry I thought was quite good as well. Um, definitely getting uh, more used to MDM type stuff. And uh, I actually like this quite a bit. And I, I mentioned it on our uh, our group chat that we had uh, a couple days ago that um, just uh, my tastes have changed. And this is something that I probably wouldn't have been able to even make it through the first song at one point. And now I actually quite enjoy it. So uh, yeah, that's just some of the stuff that uh, I listen to. I, I shockingly managed to listen to some things other than uh, Vola in the last couple weeks. Yeah, I have to say it's been a um, it's been an interesting month for us because I think we've done what like three career retrospectives in a matter of what five or six weeks, which is more difficult than it sounds. Because hey, hey, four count. Don't forget Halo Effect. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. How could I forget <laughs> the band that has the one album? But yeah, four in a row in that sense. Um, but yeah, I know you referenced our Patreon uh, chat earlier. For those that are you know new to the podcast, we have a Patreon. We invite you to check out the links below, um, help support the show, obviously. And uh, if uh, you're not interested in joining the Patreon, that's okay. Tell a friend, uh, make more people listen, and that will obviously help others find the show. So thank you for that. But as we shift gears, this this was a really interesting um, look back at this Danish prog, dare I say, metal band. I I think that a lot of this stuff is borderline metal. A lot of it's just prog rock or alt rock in certain spots as well. They, they, they kind of do a nice job of blending genres, but um, I have to admit, I was very familiar with their last two albums, but I had never heard their debut album or any of the releases before that. So for me, this was in many ways, like a, a new listening experience and then kind of putting on an, like a like a warm blanket with the last two releases that I was kind of um, intimately familiar with. Was this the first time that you listened to? So I mean, uh, Vola. <laughs> uh, I, I I'm hope you're kidding, or maybe I. No, just, no, I'm uh, kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, I've, I've I've spread my. my oh, disease. No, no, I I was just um, timely because I think the last time you mentioned them, you were talking about the new Sone album. So that's why. That's oh, why. There, I said. there you go. Um, uh, very, very little. Um, I, I do recall um, hearing friends of ours mention them in, in high regard. Uh, I believe Pat was uh, one of the big, one of the big fans, constantly talking about taking a dip in the ruby pool. Uh, <laughs> now I finally know what the hell he was talking about all that time. Um, I, I had um, the song "Inside Your Fur" uh, on a, a a playlist from 2021. Uh, towards the end of the year and you had actually it was on your january playlist in 2022 which means that the album was on your list that year which i god i did not even remember that but um i think i might have had uh one other song that had made a yes um a stare without eyes from in mazes i had on uh, a playlist in 2020 early on that year but honestly beyond those two songs like this was uh, a real, you know, a, a brand new listen of, for pretty much all of it. And um, it was interesting because I kind of split my listening up into two groups. I listened to, there's two EPs and a single along with the first album, In Mazes. Uh, that was kind of my week one homework. 
And then my week two homework was um, the two more recent albums. Um, and it kind of, yeah, it split it up fairly, fairly even, I would I think say. it's a good point to split them up because in my opinion, their sound drastically changes after the debut album. In, and, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give my opinions as to whether that was a good thing or a bad thing in a little bit. But um, I was shocked as I went back and listened to that early stuff because, it, again, it was just not what I was expecting from a band who, you know, I, I knew those last two albums. I think, if I'm not mistaken, their most recent album, Witness, was maybe around 44 or 43 on my top 50 list. It definitely wasn't my album of the year, but I recognized um, that I liked it. But yeah, this this was a really interesting journey for me. So let let me start by kind of getting to the beginning, right? This this band forms in and around 2006 in the suburbs of Copenhagen. And um long and the short of it is a lot of these guys that were in the band were friends that attended a local music school together. So almost like Dream Theater attending Berkeley up in Boston, here's a bunch of Danish musicians that were in school together and obviously had an affinity affinity for heavy rock or, or prog music. And, and what's interesting, I think, is that no matter what era of this band you talk about, this doesn't sound like dream theater. Like th- this is, I mean, there's elements of, there's definitely prog here. And, and I'll mention some of the bands that I kind of hear sprinkled throughout, but they kind of have a sound onto themselves, which is kind of remarkable this day and age. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. I uh, couldn't agree more. I, I I was a little bit kind of taken aback because I spent you know a whole week listening to this earlier material and then you know second week goes by and I'm like oh this is almost like a totally uh, different band in, in in a lot of ways um, because I kind of found that the some of the early stuff kind of gave me this poets of the fall meets modern voyager kind of kind of vibe but then there's like there's there's vo- parts where the vocals reminded me of Dave Grohl uh, huh. like it, it was it was really interesting it was a really interesting listen and then um when i went in the to listen to the 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 you know the back half of things at first i didn't really like it because i was so tuned into what i listened to that first week but as i listened to all of it i ended up really liking uh pretty much all of it for totally different reasons but i really am looking forward to talking about this band just because it's not going to feel like we're just repeating the same thing no. for three three albums and two EPs and, and all this stuff. I think there's there's so much um, variety in, in their music that uh, yeah, 
I, I completely agree with you. And, and, and for that reason, um, I've actually been looking forward to this chat, but I was a little not concerned because ultimately I, I, I love the fact that you always give an honest assessment, even if it is anthrax. But I, I guess what I guess what I was concerned about is I would not lump some of this stuff, some of this stuff into, we'll call it Circus Maximus Accessible Prague, right? Like some of this stuff is kind of off the beaten path, not just because the choruses and the verses kind of jump around, but even the instrumental sections, it's not that it's weird, but it's eclectic. And for that reason, I didn't know if you'd, you know, kind of gravitate towards this stuff or I thought what you were going to say is I like this song I don't like this song and kind of really just bounce around like a pinball but it sounds like you liked it by and large um more than I thought you would I don't know that there's really any songs that I would have outright that I outright didn't like um oh then we're gonna have a difference of opinion because I actually well let's you know what no better time than now why don't we start jumping into it I'm I'll, I'll just give a little I'll give the history and kind of weave it through as we go album by album or release by release. Um, as I had mentioned, the band kind of comes together in and around 2006. Then it was formed uh, by the vocalist and guitar player, Asker Meigand, who I believe, uh, not only believe, he's still in the band. He's kind of the driving force behind a lot of this. And a- at the time that he formed the band, Martin Werner, who is a not only a f- interesting and phenomenal keyboard player, but a driving force for this band. And I mean a real driving force for this band. Um, they kind of formed the band. Uh, the drummer at the time, at least for those first few EPs, was a guy by the name of Nicholas Schwerfig, and he would uh, leave the band and, and there'd be some new drummers along the way. And the band would also originally employ a, another guitar player by the name of Niels Dreiser, um, but ultimately uh, he was kind of short-lived for the band. He'd, he'd leave by around 2012. So that, that kind of sets the stage for where we go. But in 2006... They release an EP called Homesick Machinery. And I'll just kind of bury, you know, I kind of just lead with this. Of the first two EPs, I preferred this quite a bit to the second one. Um, I thought this was a really interesting first release for a band. Um, and, and obviously, like I said, I had never heard it before. But what, what I can say is this thing showed all the potential that was there in, in many ways, at least with in terms of the songwriting. I think the production was kind of weak. Uh, I'll just put that out there. But what were your initial impressions when you when you heard this EP going back to 2008? I can't believe this thing is 15 years old. Uh, it's wild. It's also I was a little surprised that they had so much like small releases before their first album came out because that you know a single and a couple of EPs. I agree. I enjoyed the first EP more than the second EP, not by a ton, but I definitely think it has a little bit more of an accessible kind of sound to it and the songs even just the four songs each have their own kind of uh flavor to them some some sound like old wcw theme music and <laughs> um we'll, we'll we'll talk about that i'm sure but um i i uh i found myself in enjoying um the the first ep right away uh, as obviously it was the first thing that i i listened to so it really was in a lot of ways like my first experience really listening to the band in any sense, any sort of uh, extended capacity. So, um, uh, you know, the first track uh, like the rainbow is just, it's got this kind of um, this, the kind of like haunting 
slow, um, but like a very pervasive drum beat to it. And um, it's just kind of like this, like this real pro, like, so I don't know how to explain it. Maybe you could explain it better, but it's like this pro, like kind of this mellow, uh, mid tempo kind of proggy kind of tune. And I, I just think it's really, um, kind of a cool way to start the album off because, like, when you get to the next track, the next track is like a lot crunchier. Yeah. So it, they started of- off with this like slow, almost like ephemeral tune. It reminds me of like a mix between Riverside and Anathema, but it, lulls you into a false sense of comfortability because like you said, the next track is nothing like it, but this was an interesting choice to start like the rainbow. Um, Really cool drum beats. I think you actually get to see like kind of the um, just an interesting way to kind of set the tone. And a lot of this had this an electronic vibe to it, which would be a common theme throughout a lot of their music. But yeah, this, this is uh this is really more prog rock than prog metal. And then you contrast that with the Avalanche, the second tune, which is, like you said, crunchier, almost alt-rock feel to it. And I I, I know what you're going to say in terms of what this makes you think of. I hear Silverchair, the Australian band. So if you go back to like Frog Stomp, some of that heavier, almost thrashier stuff on that alt-rock album, that's the one with the big frog on the cover. Um, that's what this reminded me of. And I got to be honest with you. I love that album in 1995 or whatever it was. So I, 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 I kind of like this tune. Um, definitely one of, uh, one of the better tunes on the EP, I think. Yeah. So like it reminded me of, of Chris Jericho's second <laughs> theme from in WCW, which was a ripoff of even flow by Pearl jam. So like, if you make that circle, like that, the opening riff is Pearl jam esque. But then I think once the, um, once the song kicks in, yeah, you're right. Like there's the chorus really has a nineties alt rock kind of vibe. Silverchair is a really good example of that. So um, yeah, like even uh, I think there's going to be a, a, an overarching uh, sen- sentiment that, that this band bounces all over the place throughout its career, but right from the first two tracks, we're already bouncing. Right. I mean, we were literally going from, um, modern in many ways modern prog rock to 90s alt rock in two tracks and and the third track giants is really no different this one very melodic a touch faster than the prior two i think um but this one kind of engages you immediately there's no build here it kind of just punches you in the face from the start and and then all of a sudden the band kind of fades out and you hear this lone guitar sound with the drums behind it before the rest of the band comes back in um the highlight for me here is the chorus Obviously, some very, very heavy riffs. But what what struck me as interesting is I thought this was one of the better, well-written tunes. And for a band that was just coming into their own, you could t- see that they had like the songwriting chops because this is just a really cool song, a very cool um, atmospheric instrumental section. Um, it was kind of reminding me of some of the stuff that they would do on later albums. But Giants is a cool tune. I liked it. Yeah, same. Uh, kind of gave me a little bit of a like an early 2000s kind of hard rock radio kind of vibe. Um, but um, it's probably the first song on the EP or or of any song we're going to talk about from this band that actually has kind of a metal vibe to it. Because um, the first song kind of was like a prog rock. The second song was kind of like a like an alt rock. And now we have a little bit more metal kind of uh, 
touches into it. I, I thought it was interesting because I went to the metal archives to like look some stuff up, and they're not even in it. Um, yes, I was. I'm so happy you mentioned that. What a surprise! Like, I don't know. I I still consider them a prog metal band, but they are not on metal archives. So yeah, because like Riverside is, um, you know, so and like Riverside's not terribly different as far as like heaviness goes compared i would to argue band. that the heavier vola material is heavier than the heaviest riverside yeah material. it's just i've always found it kind of fascinating how they choose like what goes like like i, I like amaranth used to be on there and they took amaranth off because it they considered them a core band i guess and core bands don't fit i mean i don't know i, I don't want to go into a whole thing about it it's, it's a little strange to me i guess also like if you start expanding what genres can go on here, then you're just going to, it's just going to be everything at the end of the day. So I guess you have to, there has to be some lines somewhere. I just don't quite understand, you know, who decides where the lines go and, <laughs> yeah. and why they're there. But um find myself asking that question in yeah. life a lot. Well, th- so. Thankfully, Wikipedia had some information. So I, I was able to, uh, to, to use that, I guess. But um yeah, it's tough sometimes finding information on bands if they're not on metal archives and they're not popular enough to have a Wikipedia entry. So, yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. And then let's wrap up the uh, EP with a ballad because what what else would you do with a song like Fragments? So they're really touching all the bases here. Um, nice acoustic guitar sound, very, very soothing vocals on top. Um, and, and it kind of leaves you wanting more, but in a good way. Like if this is the end of the EP, you want to hear more from this band. And I think that they do a good job of kind of putting themselves out there. And I, I have to think that this helped them get signed later on just because it really does run the whole gamut of, of, of what they were doing at the time. Any thoughts on Fragments? Yeah, it's the fourth genre of the EP, uh, indie rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and kudos to them. Um, but top to bottom, a solid release. Not earth shattering, but a very solid release. I, I gave it a 7.0 out of 10. I don't know about you. What about you? Um, I didn't actually think about what I would rate the EPs. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd say that's right around where I'm at as well. I, I would say that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so after the EPs are released, um, there's some lineup changes. And, and Block and Schwerfig are replaced by Nikolai Morgensen and Felix Ewert, respectively. Um, and, you know, they basically go into the studio and they rec- release another EP called Monsters. But before they do, they come out with a standalone single called Glasswork. And um, again, another song I had never heard. I, I didn't even know this existed until you brought it to my attention. Um what did you think of this standalone single in 2010? I liked it a lot. I think I actually liked it more than anything on the first EP. Um, it's uh, again, it kind of has, it kind of has like a modern re- like radio rock kind of vibe to it, but it's just this, um, it's got this kind of um, almost quiet kind of mid tempo feel to it and then about halfway through all of a sudden like the guitars jump in and it starts to get kind of crunchy but um i i was glad that i found out that this existed um thanks to the vola's Bandcamp page um that's how i was able to find out that it existed so um i uh i grabbed it and i'm glad that i did because it's um it's a really good tune what did you think of it I thought it was not only their best song to date going through the discography, but I thought it was their best song for quite some time, um, or at least for this early era of the band. I thought it was great. Um, 
I like how they focus on the song and not like the wankery that you get from other prog bands. Cause even the instrumental sections there, there's like a deliberate purpose to them. And even though it's prog, the entire catalog is really just a, a slew of four and five minute songs. You're, you're not getting any 13 minute epics here and that's okay. Cause they seem to jam a lot into those four or five minute tunes. And, and I think glasswork is a great example. There's a lot of nuances here um, to pick up on and, and, one of my favorite songs, I, I wish they would play this live. I, I'm willing to bet they don't and won't, but really solid, solid tune. Um, and, and one year later, they would come out with the Monsters EP, which again was their second EP before before their first full-length release. Um, I have thoughts on this, but before I get there, how did you find that Monsters overall compared with um, the debut Homesick? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was like a, it was like a different band. Like um, this was way more. Uh, I, I'm going to steal the word that you used when I talked to you during the week. Uh, gentier. Um, yes. It, yeah. it was. It felt like I was. This really reminded me of some of the more modern Voyager stuff. Um, it, it's. Uh, I, I didn't dislike it, but I, I just I, I liked the first EP and the and that first single just a, a touch more. Although the last track on the EP is probably my easily my favorite of the four tracks but um i thought this was solid but um not quite where i was hoping the direction of the band would go after the first five tracks for the first five songs but um it seems like it's kind of a a, uh an outlier um when moving forward in their uh catalog and and you know it's a four track ep so I, i guess you can't be like you know, su, su, like super, super uh, judgmental about it. But um, I, I thought it was okay. Not not my favorite piece of music. Um, I am extremely picky with that genty sound. I think of a band like Shattered Skies, and I, I really liked that, what they did with the seven-string guitars and whatnot. But here it was kind of a miss for me. So I'll, I'll kind of go through the tracks one by one, you know, and, and I want to go through all the songs. But overall, this was not my favorite release, um, although I did love one of the tracks. But anyway, it starts with a, with a song called I Am Not Here. Very, very heavy and genty at the chart. And, and I think at the start. And I think that when you have that thick guitar so- tune sound, you either love it or hate it. And I'm just typically not the biggest fan of it. I can deal with it. But um, what, what I what is interesting is that the verses are kind of slow and prog rocky. And then all of a sudden that chorus kicks in and it is a thick, thick sound. 
just a little too genty for me. Um, I, I like the atmospheric sessions, but not so much the gentiness of it. The chorus grew on me a little bit, but not my, not my favorite tune. Yeah. It's interesting how they kind of go back and forth between like this, like mellow prog rock type sound to like this, you know, uh, you know, tesseracty kind of, <laughs> you know, sound, but, um, yeah, it's okay. Um, I, uh, I kind of like the um, the next track a bit better, Black Box. Yeah, it's a touch this is, more. This of- is, by the way, this is one of the ones where I thought that the vocals sounded a bit like Dave Grohl. Interesting, and and I can see, I can hear that, and I'll explain why. This is a touch more upbeat, still heavy, but a little less genty. Um, touch of it, but not not quite as overpowering. The drums popped again like crazy, but I I got like I'll, I'll say it this way: strong. 2000 ish alt rock vibes. So like, again, to your point, maybe Foo Fighters, right? Like this is, you know, when, when they were kind of hitting their stride, putting aside all the nineties stuff, I definitely preferred this to the first tune. Uh, the instrumental section, eh, meh, I like kind of lost me a little bit. It wasn't, it wasn't so good, but I, I do like the bridge. So there are elements of this song that I, I definitely enjoyed more, but overall, um, I still prefer some of the stuff on the on the first EP and the obviously the single. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think it's a pretty good tune. And yeah, like uh, I think uh, there's another song coming up on In Mazes that again I got like major Dave Grohl vibes. Um, but uh, I wonder if anybody else ever kind of made that connection with the vocals. It's not really pervasive, but um, here and there, uh, and this track is one of them. Yeah, and, and to that point, I think the vocals throughout their entire discography improves like not to say that it was bad early on but i think that over time you really got to see a progression in terms of the way that he uses his voice almost as an instrument in ways um because by the last album i thought it was just like top-notch vocals and i really look forward to seeing some of this stuff live but uh i just wanted to kind of shoehorn that in here the the third track on this ep is called controllable and and this is right back to that genty sound there's some cool electronic sound effects, um, and there's definitely a quirky, like modern prog rock vibe here. Um, it's an intriguing song. I don't know if I love it or hate it, but I guess I don't love it because I would know if I loved it. So it's it's, it's kind of hit or miss for me. It's it's very enigmatic, and it kind of just keeps the listener guessing throughout. Um, your thoughts? Uh, I like it a bit more when it gets into like the bridge and the the chorus i think some of the verses are just a little bit that weird kind of like uh, electronic vocals and stuff it, it you know it's uh again it it's kind of um comparable to the first track where it just is like this uh really kind of heavy gent kind of sound and uh, even some some a little bit of a screaminess uh happening uh which you don't get a ton of in in uh in vola songs but um yeah it, it's a it's a solid tune if not uh unremarkable yeah, I, I agree. And you kind of alluded to this earlier. The EP ends with a song called Enter. This song I liked a lot. I thought that this was far and away the best song on the EP. And, and I don't know that it was really close. It's upbeat. It's melodic. It's got, it's genty, but only in spots. It's not pervasive throughout the whole song. And the, the verses have like a bit of an industrial sound to them. Almost reminded me of, um, you know, I don't know, like ministry or something like that. But then these cool bass lines, and as you'd expect on on a track like this, a big bright chorus that really kind of took things home for me. Um, definitely my favorite, and and I, I'm sure you'd agree. 
Yeah, this is one of my favorite songs of everything up to this point, honestly. I thought it's uh it might might be better than anything from the first EP for me. I'm not uh, I don't know if I could 100% sure say, but um boy, I would love to hear this one live. It looks like um in recent times they have played uh I am not here from this EP live, uh but I haven't seen much else from this or the previous uh EP or single. So um but but th- I think this is this is definitely the star song of the EP. I think it's far and away the best song of the four. Yeah, complete agreement. Uh, th- I'll throw you another curveball. Scale of one to ten, what would you rate this EP? Uh, you know, just kind of curious. Uh, I would give it a six and a half. It's I think it's it's not. I don't think that it's like a lot worse than the first EP, but it's not. It's not as. Um, it's not as cohesive for me, although I think the the last track is definitely holding that rating up a little bit higher than it would have been without it. It's a six for me. It's certainly not something I can't listen to. Um, but without that last song, I probably would not go back to this. Uh, but the, the you know it's at the end, so it almost you almost kind of get through the other stuff to get to the end of the EP. Um, but it's a you know a decent score, maybe an average score, maybe a little below average. But um, you know I think that what you can say is that after nine songs from this band, you really have no idea what the fuck to expect because like they're all over the place. Um, and that doesn't change with their debut album in Mazes. And um, you know this album comes out in 2015. It's self-released, which I thought was really really interesting because. It sounds pretty good for a self-released album. Um, it's mastered by, or I should say it's mixed by Majin, the, the guitar player and vocalist, but it's mastered by Jens Bogren, who we've talked about on this podcast because he's done work with Opeth and Catatonia and Soil Work. So they, they, they took the time and the energy to spend some money on this debut release, even though it was um, self-released. The irony, though, is I had never heard of the band. So like... I don't think I had knew these guys existed and you know, I'm pretty in tune with the prog stuff, but this was a, this was, this was new to me. Um, and I only really gave it a good listen this week because again, I, I knew their last two albums, but I, I was not familiar with the debut release. So it was, it was an interesting journey. I, I have to say, I like the other two albums better, but there are some really good tracks on here. Uh, yeah, I am, you know, I'm still kind of formulating my scores for these albums as we can, as we talk through them. Um, but, uh, this was, you know, my first, uh, full length, uh, Vola experience for full length album experience. And I really, uh, I really dug it. Um, I think that it has a little bit more crunch to it than the, the two albums that follow do that they're more on the prog side than this one has a little bit more again of um a little bit of that alt rock vibe that we got uh, on the the first ep um again like even on the first track the same war i'm getting that dave grohl kind of vocal uh you know similarity um but um i'm not, i'm really excited to hear um your thoughts because it's Sounds like we have about the same amount of experience listening to this record. Yeah, it's it's it was it was um my my expertise will will kick in with the next album, but here I'll just kind of share some of my thoughts. The first tune, the same war, 
I hear Alice in Chains, which was not what I was expecting to hear at all when I when I put this thing on. But all of a sudden, you have this these vocals that are kind of low in the mix, and then the chorus just hits you out of nowhere. Uh, it's almost jarring in a way, and it has definitely a modern prog feel. But then, with again, with with uh, with hearkening back to like mid '90s Alice in Chains, it's kind of a trippy tune, but a solid opener. I like it. I mean, somehow it seems to work for me. I will say, you know, we, we've talked about um, a lot lately about, um, you know, a li- the live keyboardist. Is there going to be a live keyboardist uh, for Beast and Black? I mean, there probably isn't going to be, but this is a band where I presume there will be. And, and I don't know that this band would be, it wouldn't be right for them to not have a live keyboardist because there's so many, and this song especially, there's so many um, just keyboard-laden orchestrations that are laying the groundwork for a lot of these songs. And I feel like having the the keyboard player there in person is really going to add to the live experience. I'm actually super stoked to see this band live now, um, which was the whole goal of of this episode in the first place. Uh, I just wanted to be excited because if, you know, Milton is going to book a band second to last on Thursday night, then clearly you know, they're probably going to be a pretty good band. Sometimes I just need to take the time to listen. And I did the same thing last year with, um, you know, Pain of Salvation's Perfect Element. And I ended up just really enjoying that set. So sometimes you just have to prep yourself. Um, but um, yeah, I think this is going to be really cool. And uh, it's interesting that the band that follows is going to be the one that does not have the keyboard player. <laughs> I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. If the guy plays keyboards for Vola and Beast in Black needs a keyboard player, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just, just, I'm just freestyling here, but just don't leave the stage. Yeah. Just stay on the stage. You can leave the keyboard out there. Again, Milton, I know you're listening. Just putting it out there. Um, (laughs) the second track on the album is called Stray the Skies. And I think this is a song that, um, there's a pretty good chance that we're going to hear live, um, because they still play this on, um, this is an amazing tune that kind of grabs you right away. It's I've got this very simple riff, but the, the lush keyboard melodies on top are what hooked me. Um, I don't love the mix, but the song itself is great, and I can't wait to hear it live. Top-notch chorus, maybe the best on the album. Good stuff. Um, the I love the um, the... The 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 ver- the verses at the beginning of the song, the verse is like this industrial sounding kind of like almost Devin Townsend esque song, and then it and then it just goes into like this really catchy, beautiful chorus. It's a really interesting tune. This is one of my uh, one of my favorite songs on this album, and um, I actually really enjoyed the uh, the October session version of it. That was, um, I don't know if it was a, if it was a bonus track or an EP or whatever, but, um, they, they did kind of like a, a more chill version of this. And that version is really cool too. But, um, I thought this was a strong tune. I like this one a lot and I'll be excited to hear it live for sure. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. And, and to that end, um, you know, I, I am, I think they're going to play 90 minutes. And if they do, that's pretty much a headlining set for them. So there's a very good chance we hear not only Straight the Skies, but other songs from this album as well. Um, but they start off with two really good ones. 
Um, Knowing my luck, they'll come out and be like, we've recorded six new songs that you haven't heard yet. And I'll be like, great. I just spent, it'll be like Rhapsody when I listened to the Luca Turilli, Fabio Leone album last year and they didn't even play anything from it. Yeah. They're like, they, they, yeah. Yeah. At least with that though, you love that other stuff. But um, we get into a song called Starburn and this one, um, the way this intro starts, it always, at least I first, I said, oh, well, this is obviously going to be a ballad. I was wrong. That does not last long at all. Um, this is kind of heavy, slower, more deliberate sounding. Um, but I like how the choruses are kind of like a half step higher than the verses. They kind of stand out in that sense. Um, although they're not entirely dissimilar from each other. Not, not my favorite track though of the first three. I think that, uh, even though the song gets better as you get into it, uh, I definitely prefer the first two. You're going to laugh, but this is my song of the week. <laughs> Really, for like the whole discography? Yeah. Well, uh, it, we've been, we've agreed to this point. We agreed on the EPs. We've agreed, <laughs> but this one, you and I will differ. Uh, let's give it a listen, and when you come back, I want to hear why. Chris's song of the week, Starburn. So after I spent the better part of 60 seconds kind of telling you why this was not my favorite tune, why is this your favorite song in their discography? I'm, I'm really curious to know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and so we move on to the next track. Uh, uh, honestly, when um, the first week that I was listening to all the earlier stuff, I just, the song, I just kept going back to it. And, and I just love the, the chorus is like this hard rock, new wave it's got this new wave vibe from the 80s but it's like a a hard rock prog rock prog metal kind of vibe to it um and as much as i enjoyed everything else i listened to this is the song that i just kept thinking of like that i would go back to and just be like yeah this is uh i don't know it's i just find it's really the chorus is just so catchy to me and that um Kind of just put it uh, ahead of the pack for me, but um, nice. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't concerned we were going to choose the same song, so uh, it looks like I wasn't even close to being to being uh, wrong there. <laughs> I have about. I, I could. I would have probably. And objectively, I think I would have picked probably fifteen to eighteen songs before this one. <laughs> Um, so that's about half their discography. So I'll just again. I, it's not that it was the worst track ever. Um, I, it just wasn't my favorite, but um, you know, reasonable minds can differ. Um, and, you know, what can I say? We, uh, we move on to Owls, which is a really aggressive, heavy song at the start. And, and I like how the keyboards kind of play off the thick guitar sound here. The verses here, in my opinion, have a very 80s new wave vibe to them. 
meets Stradivarius's 030366, I, which we've kind of joked about in the past as one of the worst songs ever written. But for some reason here, it actually kind of works. And I actually enjoy this tune a lot. It's odd, but I like it. And there's some, again, some really cool bass lines in the pre-chorus and whatnot. What I, this is a diverse tune and the outro reminds me of Pink Floyd, which I'll give him credit for that. That I liked as well. This is a good song. I like this a lot. Some of the vocals gave me like Tears for Fears vibes, like that kind of high pitched eighties kind of style. Um, But this is just a good example of the way that they can go back and forth between really heavy, crunchy riffs and like really chill and beautiful piano, like proggy piano type music. So I like this song too. Um, It's not quite the magnum opus of the previous tune, but (laughs) uh, I I do like this one a lot. Um, I I, just got an email from the band. They they don't understand why I'm looking at this now. They don't understand why you pick Starburn either. So it's not just me. No, Um, no. Uh, We're gonna we'll we'll defer to Tyler on this one. Uh, He's our resident Vola uh, fanatic. So we'll see what he has to say. Um, I'd love to hear his. I'm wondering. I'm, I'm wondering if I maybe rated this album higher than you. We'll, we'll find out at the end, but um, it's, it's, it's possible. possible. It's possible. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the next track. Your mind is a helpless dreamer. This one I think is a little bit more upbeat, um, but very low end heavy. It's uh, obviously a very kind of dark tune. Your thoughts I got, on this? I got Voyager vibes, um, especially towards the beginning of the song. Um, the way that it just kind of came flying in with those heavy riffs. I feel like that's something that uh, Voyager is doing more in their more modern uh, sound. Um, Definitely. You didn't really hear a lot of that, like real genty, crunchy kind of guitar sound in their earlier works. Um, but again, like with the, um, the really nice, like keyboard melodies and um, again, another track where it's like, it's super heavy and then it kind of chills out for a little bit. And um I feel like that's kind of the vibe in general on this album is it's a lot of, uh, in and out, in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, back and forth between like real heavy and, and this is why I, to me, it's like, how do you leave this band off of a, a metal registry? Like there's yeah, this plenty of in particular metal elements, uh, that this band's showing. Um, and you know, it's funny. I, this is a song I'd like to see live. Uh, not my favorite song, but there's the way this song presents, with that heavy low end, like I mentioned, and even some of the harsh vocals that they use uh, sprinkled throughout this song, I'd love to see this song live. I will bet good money they're not going to play it. I want to be clear, but I would like to see it live. Um, I do have some good news for you. They played it in December. Uh, wow. Recently. That um, would be really – see, I, I I think that would be really cool. I would probably yeah. low-key mark out if I heard There's it. only one set list for Vola in 2023, and it was last week. Um, but it was a festival, uh, right? What, yeah. Have, yeah. And then the one before that is was from December. They had a, a tour in Denmark. Um, and th- th- so uh, that's kind of the one that I'm looking at, hoping that we'll get um, you know, I'm kind looking- of – I'm looking, at, I'm looking at a set list that they did in New York City, and they played here, and I was not able to go to the show. It was last November, and they played it. So now I'm getting excited because at least there's, they haven't released any new albums, so I think there's a reasonable chance that they play this. That, I think this would be really cool to see live. Um, and, and I want to be clear. I think a lot of this stuff is going to be even better live than on the album. I just have a haunting suspicion. You know what? I'm just looking, and they played Enter. Uh at that 
Brooklyn show. So uh, who the hell knows what we're going to see? I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, this is now I'm, I'm excited. Up, I'm, yeah, me too. I think it's going to be uh, really cool. And I think it's also going to make for a really good, um, a good band to go in between a really heavy band like the Halo Effect and then a really like energetic and just, I think just going to be a very power driven band in Beast in Black. I think that, that the, the pacing of the whole day, I think is going to be really interesting because Seven Kingdoms is a really upbeat power metal band. Zero hours, a very like technical kind of prog metal band. Then, you know, and then going to, like I said, the going to Halo Effect, which we talked about at length. And, um, I, I'm, I'm getting pretty, pretty pumped for, uh, for this, this, this night at, at Prog Power. I, I, which again was the whole point. Yeah. Mission, mission accomplished. I, I would say, um, as we kind of journey through the back end of this album, the next track is, is Emily. And that's a, that's a name that you're intimately familiar with, but we're going to talk about the song, not your dating history. So let, let's talk about Emily. That'll be, a, that'll be a whole other podcast. That's for the Patreon, but I digress. Tell that's, me. That's going to be for the mental exchange. <laughs> talk, talk to me about Emily. What are your thoughts on this ballad? It's, um, I'm not going to let the name spoil it, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just very, it's very like soft and mellow. It's, it's a real turnaround from pretty much everything we've heard on this album up to this point, which is a lot of, um, basically mid tempo and, and then just crunchy guitars. But this is like really very returning back to that kind of indie rock vibe that I mentioned earlier. Um, it's fine. I, I, I didn't love it. Um, well, what about you? Did, did it stick out to you in any it was, sort of way? It was short and sweet. Um, I thought the vocals were very emotional. So for that, I, I give them a lot of credit. It felt but, like a segue in yeah, a lot of ways. I, I would agree with that. I thought the percussion was very good. Um, but for some reason, and maybe it was just my copy of it, but it sounded very fuzzy in places. And I didn't know if that was intentional, almost like voiding this girl out of his life or something like that. But I didn't love the mix, although maybe there's a reason for it. I, I just don't know. Um, I prefer the next track, which is Gutter Moon. Gutter Moon has a really cool keyboard intro, and I love how the guitars kick in, and but yet the keyboards still remain very, very much up in front. Um, if I had to pick a song of the week from the disc, this probably would have been it. Um, there's this odd quirkiness that I love, and it, it, in many ways, it harkens back to a band that they sound nothing like, but it reminds me of Moron Police with the quirkiness. Uh, just another band that, you know, we've talked about in the past. Um, check that episode out in the archives if you want an interesting discussion. But, um, really, really awesome instrumental sections, top notch keys. I, I like this song a lot. Yeah, this one kind of, um, I feel like it kind of just sticks to the one sound all the way through for the most part. It, it's it's more uh, focused, I guess would be the word. But uh, definitely understand why you would uh, like this. It's just a really solid tune start to finish. Um, it it uh, just brings it the whole way through. Um, I really enjoy that. Yeah, like that. The keys towards the end do have that kind of quirky moron police-esque Never thought I'd use a moron police esque as a way to describe something, but here we are. Uh, but yeah, good, cool tune, um, cool tune on on a a really enjoyable uh, album thus far. Yeah, and and like I said, I, I I think very different from from the two that would come after it. But um, the, as we get towards the back end of this one, a stare without eyes. Um, 
this is a very groovy tune and another one that I kind of felt myself moving to as we as I gave it a listen. Um, if you're not a fan a fan of thick guitars, you can move on from this one. You will probably not like this song. Um, but it has this weird, quiet bridge that I thought was provided at least some contrast to the to that thick sound. Um, and then all of a sudden it comes back with this like scream and this really heavy passage before the final chorus. Um, a good song. I like this track. It reminded me of just like a Voyager song where like uh, Alex would just scream at some point. Yeah, that sounds about right. I agree with that. Um, Yeah, just another good kind of um, proggy, catchy proggy tune. Um, I like this one too. Good tune. Um, The penultimate track is called Feed the Creatures. Um, It kind of starts off similar in many ways. I thought it was Feed the Creatures. Oh, I'm sorry. I misread it. No, no, no. Uh, Shout out to Snowdy. Um, This one starts off kind of similar as as the last track, but there's some – the verses here are kind of unique. They're very low sounding with like these interesting vocal effects um, and like what I would call syncopated drumming. It's kind of interesting. Um, And then you would never think of it as a ballad, but then all of a sudden like halfway through it really picks up and it goes in and out in many ways, like weaving in and out throughout Um, an interesting song. I don't love it, but I appreciate what they're trying to do here. Yeah. This was one of my favorites on the album as well. And I think, a lot again it's like the uh the, my track of the week it has kind of a 80s new wave kind of vibe to it uh, and definitely voyager uh the the chorus to me is, is screams voyager um in all the good in all the best ways uh good tune really good tune um potentially would be my favorite song on the album uh if not for if not for Starburn, not to be confused with Starburns from uh, Community, uh, which is a guy who wore, who grew out his sideburns to in the shape of stars. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to confuse that. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> talk to me about the final track, which is the title track in Mazes. What do you think of that? It has like this uh, almost like like sixties kind of uh, like organ sound. I don't know, or some sort of whatever patch they're using on their keyboard. Oh, like a it's Mellotron like, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's almost, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if I'm confusing it with like a monkey song I've heard once. Um, it's just, it's kind of, it's creepy in a lot of ways. And then, again, it's just that classic, what's becoming classic Vola, where it's like, you know, this peaceful kind of like, you know, sailing on the prog ship. And then all of a sudden you're on the barge to hell. Like, it, it, <laughs> All of a sudden, it just starts getting like heavy and and. But this one also, I think, has some new wave um, vibes to it, and th- and for that reason, um, I liked it a lot, and I thought it made for a good uh, good final song. Um, probably, it's probably in my top three songs on the album. So the album ended strongly for me. It's it's an epic way to end the album for sure. I, the keys remind me of like almost a circus, like like kind of you know like this circus vibe. I don't know how else to describe it. And the, the guitars do a good job of doing that as well. And and that vibe kind of continues throughout the rest of the song. I don't love the verses, but I think the chorus is cool and it gives me really strong Porcupine Tree vibes. So sh- shout out to Porcupine Tree. Um, a good closing tune on what I can just describe as a good album. And I, and I think it's important to mention that after the recording 
of this album, um, the drummer for the band who was unable to kind of go out on tour with them at the time left the band and he was replaced by Adam Janzi, who's their current drummer. So like that was a big kind of a pivotal moment for the band as they've come together. Um, but before we get to their follow-up release, which would, believe it or not, come out just three years later, give me a score on Inmazes. What do you think of this album? Um, I gave it a 7.875. I had a solid in, score uh, in between 7.75 and eight. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I thought it was a really very, like a very good uh, debut album. If you're not going to take those EPs into consideration, like this is their debut full length album. And I thought it was really kind of cool. And unlike, um, unlike the following two albums, um, I think it had a really uh, distinct, kind of style that um, they didn't really repeat going forward. No, this was kind of the end of an era. Like I, like I alluded to earlier for me, this is a seven. It's a good album. I can easily listen to it, but I don't know that I would put it up there with the next two, which are markedly better um, in my opinion. Although there are elements on here that they wouldn't go back to, but that I enjoy. So it's kind of a uh, bittersweet end to, to, to an era um, and that brings us to 2018, which is um, when I first heard of the band with, with applause uh, of a distant crowd. I don't know that I would call it their magnum opus, but for me, this was the high watermark because I heard this album and I fell in love with the band right away, or at least with this album. I thought this was a really, really good release. Um, did you find it difficult to transition to what can otherwise be described as just a different sound for the band? At first, absolutely yes. Um, it was um, almost like t- it was almost like it was too calm uh, compared to the 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 first album. But uh, honestly, by the the fourth, fifth, sixth, I think I listened to it six times. Um, wow! I started to really appreciate um, the little nuances that were going on that I just wasn't really grabbing uh, at the beginning. Um, and there's just a uh, what I would call an eventual accessibility. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, That's I, an oxymoron I haven't yeah, heard. I find it very accessible, but it just took me a little while to get there. And now that I go back to it, I'm like, yeah, this is um, really like easy. Easy listening. Yeah, it's easy to listen to. Um, I, I I am not going to be super um, disappointed with whatever it is they choose to play live. I think whatever it is they pick, it's going to be a really nice mix of their, um, their catalog. But um, I, I, I grew to really enjoy this album as I listened to it. If I had gone off of like my first or second listens, it probably, I probably would have ranked it fairly lower than the first album, but um, I don't think that that's going to be the case. Yeah. And I, I think that, if we wanted to, we could probably do three hours on this. And I say that to say there are more details about this band. If you go to their website and they talk about the the process of the recording and, and the inspiration behind a lot of this stuff. But in the interest of time, I would just say go to Vola's homepage. It's in the links below. You get even more detail about what was going on for the band and, and, what, and why this album was released and why they kind of went in a different direction. But for now, say that to say um, – a lot of good details there, but let's kind of just get into the album. I was jarred by the gentiness of some of the earlier material. So when I 
started with this. This is all I knew from the band. So it was kind of the opposite for me. Um, the first track, We Are Thin Air, uh, heavy, but not genty. And, and to that, I think it's a great opener, very catchy verses, a, a nice clean sound, especially to the guitars. Um, I love the vocal effects throughout and, and, and I just like the anathema vibe here. Um, a good opening song for sure. Yeah. Um, it's funny because like I had to stop myself every time the beginning of the song would start, uh, cause that marked the end of my first week listening. So when I got to my second week of listening, I like just knew the beginning of the song so well, I was really curious to see how the rest of the song would end up going. And, um, I, I like this one a lot. It's, um, it has just a very, um, a very mellow kind of like prog vibe to it, but it's very, um, you know, the keyboards kind of lead the way and it just works for me. I, um, I think this is a really cool tune and, um, I, I just enjoy the, uh, I really just enjoy it. Once when keys are involved and they're done well, like it's an easy sell for me. And so this is, uh, no different. And, and it's for that reason why I thought ghosts, the following track would be your song of the week. That's because the the keyboard intro here is just infectiously catchy. Um, it was definitely a song of the week contender for me. I did not choose it, but I, I easily could have. Um, I, I can't wait to hear this song live. Phenomenal percussion, great bass lines. And although it's so simple in spots, it's really effective and just kind of sucks you in. And I love how there's like a bit of a dichotomy on this track where it gets kind of low and soft at certain points. And then it picks up during the verses and comes back. Beautiful tune, just a beautiful tune. And if I would have would have guessed your song of the week, I would have guessed this one. Uh, it's definitely in my top two or three on this album. Um, I re- I like this song a lot, um, and I would be very pleased to hear it in a, a live setting. But yeah, I mean that uh, the key intro just brings you right in. This was one of the, I think, the most accessible songs on this album because you just as soon as it starts, you're just you're hooked in it, it it kind of slows down a bit and, and goes into like that um really mellow kind of prog rock uh verses but then when the chorus comes back it goes back to that really catchy uh keyboard riff from the beginning so um really cool tune i like this one a lot you were right to think that i would uh i would like this one where whereas i think the next track smart friend is is maybe not your favorite and, and i'll just say that for a couple of reasons number one it almost has like this hip hop beat at the beginning. And there's actually some like rapped vocals on here, which is definitely different. Funky, right? Like this is like almost red hot chili peppers esque because of that just funky beat they laid down, but it's heavy with down tuned guitars and it almost has like a sludgy feel to it. Um, I could appreciate that they were trying to do something different here. It just never really clicked for me. Although I think the chorus is pretty good. Um, more of an experimental tune in my opinion there's a like just a this this keyboard uh i I don't know i I guess you'd call it a riff that kind of that that's going on that sounds like it came out of like final fantasy 7 like this kind of like like uh dystopian future keyboard uh, (laughs) keyboard patch or whatever but yeah i agree that um this is another one of those songs where it kind of bounces around from that like heavy kind of genty crunchy guitar style then to like you know 
kind of real quiet and and mellow. Um, I feel like Nirvana would have liked Vola, but uh, hmm. that's uh, neither here nor there. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I think the preceding and the following song are a little bit more my uh, my 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 speed. But uh, it's a good song, not uh, not my favorite though. Well, I guess it's time. To, for us to take a dip in the ruby pool. Um, after finally figuring out what the hell Pat meant for all those years, <laughs> your thoughts on this ballad? Uh, his repetitiveness was not enough to ruin the song for me. <laughs> Shockingly. Yeah, I know. Um, now I'm going to have to spend four days in Atlanta hearing him say, keep dipping. But, um, <laughs> uh, just a really, ch- just a really chill song. Like Ruby pool is really kind of like the perfect title. Cause it kind of, Feels like if there was such a thing as a ruby pool, that's kind of what it feels like, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Just a really mellow song, but not boring. Like, you would think that a song like this might be kind of boring. I think I thought it was boring when I first heard it, and it really grew on me um, as the more I listened to it. Um, it it's... it's it's not like any of the other songs where eventually like some heavy guitars are going to come flying in or something oh. is going to happen. It stays pretty chill uh, all the way through. I, I'd argue it's probably their best ballad up to this point. Um, maybe their best ballad in their discography. I have to give that some more thought, but um, really, really simple, effective keyboards that help drive this thing along a, a solid tune. I like it. I really like the next one, Alien Shivers. This song has almost like a techno vibe to it, which I thought was really, really cool. And I think that's partially because of the keyboard patches and also because of the percussion. Um, it almost reminds me of Labyrinth, the way that they did the whole um, techno thing for a while. And, and, you know, when we talked with Olaf Thorson about that, that was intentional. So I have to think that it was probably intentional here as well. Also, one of my favorite choruses on the album. So if you like a sing-along chorus, this is probably a good one to to, to kind of sink your teeth into. Um, I have a feeling you like this one, too. I had this the chorus of this song stuck in my head all night, actually, um, before, nice. we, before we sat down. Um, but yeah, uh, another really cool tune. It has that kind of, um, that kind of chill um, Ruby Pool vibe to it, but it does actually kick into that a little bit more of that kind of heavier chorus with the heavier guitars and stuff. So uh, yeah, good tune, probably on the the upper end of songs that I enjoyed um, from this album. And, and interestingly enough, we talk sometimes about song placement. They, they decided to go with the second of three ballads really in a row with Vertigo, the next track, which I don't know, for me, I was, I was kind of surprised that they would do another ballad so soon after uh, Ruby Pool. I definitely prefer the former to, to this one. Um, I don't know. It's this really kind of mellow track, almost like a vocal solo at the start. Um, not just kind of nondescript, I guess, is the, is the word I would use. So I would say nondescript to describe something. So take that as, you know, take that as you will. But, um, you know, not, not my favorite ballad, but, you know, certainly nothing that you have to skip. It's oxymoron night here at the Metal Exchange. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it felt like a really long like like segue honestly it's a, it's almost four well it's actually over four minutes long but it, it it never it feels like it never really gets started it's just uh it, it reminds me a bit of the emily track where it's just kind of quiet yeah. and, and atmospheric but it doesn't really have anything that kind of grabs you so um yeah it's just kind of there for me so we have two songs left on this album the next one is called still and this one's a bit of an oddball too um 
I hear Pearl Jam through this thing, like through and through. It, it starts with this really simple riff and, and vocals, a great melodic chorus, and, and eventually about four minutes in, it kind of picks up. Um, but there's something about this track that I just kept going back to. I, I like this one a lot, and I feel like it's a hidden gem kind of on the back end of the album. Uh, I like this one too. Um, although there are, should be three more. Songs oh, you're right. You're right. And I, 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 the next, the reason I say that is because the next track is the title track. But uh, oh, okay, no, there's there's three more. I I stay yeah. corrected. Um, yeah, I like this one too. Again, it has kind of a, a purveying keyboard sound that that kind of holds it all together. Um, but uh, yeah, good tune, solid tune. Um, although I, I I like the next one even more. I I think applause of a distant crowd is a one of their best tunes. Um, I, I like when prog bands don't have to write 13 minute songs. I mean, I can, I enjoy 13 minute songs, but here they cram a lot into this quote unquote epic song. And I, I say quote unquote, because the reality is this is not a long song at all. The, what is it? Um, five and a half minutes long, but there's a lot going on here. The verses remind me of like an enchant or the Flower Kings, one of those prog rock bands. And then, you know, I, I, I guess it just kind of builds and builds to like a big chorus. So it's just an awesome song. I, I, I like this one a lot. And it's I found it to be very different from the rest of the songs on the album. Uh, I, I'm right there with you. I, I, uh, I like whatever you want to call that kind of like, that 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 sound that at the beginning of it, I, I assume it's it's a synthesized sound, but um, and then that guitar riff, like it it, sound, it just reminds me of like a like a two thousand like early two thousands like alt rock guitar tone. Um, probably the band I'm thinking of is is escaping me, but like it sounds like something off of like one of the NHL soundtracks from like oh three or oh four or something like nice. that. But then it like again goes back to like that kind of ruby pool-esque kind of chill chill you know chilling with vola kind of vibe and then halfway through the song the guitars come back and we're you know off to the races with the uh, guitars and the keys just kind of uh leading the way um one of my favorite songs on on this one for sure probably in, in within my top three yeah i no no argument for me um the the next track is a song called Whaler. And I have to think that this is a tribute to Kevin Deneen, but I don't know that for sure. <laughs> um, that, that being said, uh, shout out to all of our listeners up in Hartford. Um, what are your thoughts on this tune? This is Ray Ferraro's favorite vocal <laughs> song. Uh, this is like, one of the one of the Vola songs that sounds just like a straight up metal tune. Like it, it kicks in and it, this sounds like a prog metal song. Uh, not a prog rock song. Um, so to that end, this is the one track that actually reminds me of Soin. So if you actually <laughs> said one sounds like the other, I'd agree with you. This sounds like Soin, but no, it's it's Vola. Um, the chorus does a nice job of separating itself from the verses. There's, I don't like when verses and choruses kind of blend into one another. I, I like when there's distinction, and, and you definitely get this on this track. Kind of deliberate sounding. Um, you know, Ron Francis would be very happy with this one. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, Moby Dick references aside, Whaler, pretty good tune. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, Russ Courtnall and Brad Shaw <laughs> would definitely agree with Terry Yake when they said that uh, this is definitely um, 
probably the, one of the best Vola songs of all time. Uh, Peter Sidorkowitz as well really was a big, <laughs> big fan. It's probably a joke definitely went over a lot of people's heads. Uh, Greg Romano, if you're listening, I know you're <laughs> Greg and Ryan. I know you guys know what's up, uh, but, but in all seriousness, it's a, it's another one of the better songs on the album, in my opinion. And um, arguably the most metal song, um, like just kind of the most straight up prog metal tune on the album. Yeah. And, and then provides a nice contrast to, to green screen mother, which is really just a piano ballad to end it kind of an outro more than anything else. I, I don't have many strong thoughts other than cool way to end the album and kind of just a let uh, a way to take you down after Whaler. I am really, I didn't have the time, unfortunately, but I'm really interested in what some of the lyrical content was aiming at because uh, at least for the applause of a distant crowd, I actually looked up the lyrics for that and I thought it was rather, rather funny in parts, but it, it just, um, it felt to me like it was like um, the adulation that people are looking for via social media is like the applause of a distant crowd and um, green screen mother also kind of isn't uh, too subtle, I think uh, in, in the, in the name of the title, but I would be curious kind of where their heads were at in, in a a lyrical uh, sense when they were making this album because it seems to to have a theme but i just uh, no you 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 hit the nail on the head they even say on their website that this album title was a metaphor derived from the relationship with social media and how we can appear close but actually be miles apart and they get into more detail as i said but i'll just read one quote because it's just right on point with what you were saying quote we spend a lot of time trying to present ourselves in a flattering light in the pursuit of continuous applause, even if it's a distant applause from those you may not connect with away from the screens. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with this. So excellent, excellent analysis. It's just kind of what I picked up from the title track because the idea of like taking pictures of your food and stuff, which by the way, guilty is charged, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just kind of got that, uh, that vibe from the lyrics. And I just thought it was really, um, really interesting. And um I'd like to take more time to learn a bit more about um, Vola's lyrical content, not just on this album, but um, on all their albums. Uh, Yeah. Well said. Um, What do you rank this album? The first one I ever heard for sure. I'm I'm curious to hear whether or not it competes with the, with the debut. Uh, I liked it slightly less. And I think it's mostly because there was, I think just a couple of tracks that were kind of a little bit I guess nondescript was the word that you had used. Um, so I have it just at a uh, 7.5 right underneath uh, in, in mazes. But um, again, overall, I, I liked it quite a bit. I gave it an eight. It's, it's probably my favorite album of theirs. A really, really enjoyable listen. And, and again, I might be a little jaded or, or um, because this is the sound that I knew I was not prepared in many ways for what came before it. So that might be playing into my score at least a little bit. There's a bias there, but I think it is just a really great album. Um, followed up by their 2021 release, uh, Witness, which, again, I obviously liked. It was in my top 50. How much I liked it? Well, we'll get to that shortly. But um, did you have any strong impressions of, of Witness on the heels of uh, Applause? Um, I kind of felt similarly about it um when i listened to them both at the beginning um i think though that 
I think I may like this a tad bit more uh, after listening to it, but um, I think discussing it will finalize my my opinion on that. But um, I found this one to be um, really enjoyable to go back to. Um, and uh, as I'm re-listening to it as we speak, I feel that the same way. So um, I- I'm really uh, interested to see where you have this... Um, in comparison to the uh, previous two albums and the and the EPs, yeah. Well, well, let's get into it. I, I think that they they go with Jacob Hansen um, to kind of mix and master this thing, which is never a bad thing. I think he's not only one of the most famous producers in the scene, but he's usually really really good at what he does. Although what's interesting is I, I know him more as like kind of the power metal guy or doing the pyramids and stuff like that. But here he is, you know, on a prog rock album. And what's different here is that the songs, by and large, are just a little bit longer in length. Not much, but uh, you got lo- a lot of songs that are four and a half, five minutes long. Whereas, you know, earlier on in the career, I think that they were more at the four minute mark. So they've kind of expanded the scope of some of these songs. But um, I-, I-, I think that the sound is really just a continuation of the prior album. And I'll be curious to see if they're future albums continue to go in that direction or do they zag again when, when everyone thinks they're going to zig? Um, which is ironic because the opening track is called Straight Lines and I swear to God I didn't plan that whole thing. <laughs> I swear that just came sure, to me. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, that, was, that was one of the most uh, creative things I ever didn't intend to do. Um, <laughs> this, this is one of my favorites on the album. I thought it was just a really tight sound, a touch of gent, but not not like earlier on in their career. Just really, really groovy verses with awesome keyboard samples and this like whimsical pre-chorus that leads up to this big, powerful, melodic chorus that I'm a sucker for. Great song. Uh, hope they play it live. Trust uh, me. Yeah, key, Keys definitely, um, again, give me that kind of 80s pop kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, this is a – I just – I feel like um, – I don't know if we're going to like continue down this road on this album, but this feels like a more straightforward song than quite a bit of the songs on the previous album. So I, I, I let's see if Vola kind of does a little bit more of a straightforward kind of thing. Um, I guess considering that there's like a guy rapping at some point, maybe it's not that straightforward, but um, I thought this was a pretty straightforward song in, in a, in a, in a good way. Yeah. I, I agree with that completely. Um, I think that, I don't think the I don't think the whole album is that way though. I think that there are some detours along the way, and quite frankly, I think "Head Mounted Sideways" the second track is is an example of that. It, it kind of starts with this industrial feel again, uh, also genty in, in many ways. But there's these weird vocal effects that they have. Um, it almost makes it sound like it was recorded underwater, but that's only in the beginning because it certainly gets better after that, and it has this very um, it's a good chorus, but the, the verses are very porcupine tree sounding to me, and I like that a lot. So it's a good track. It's just I wouldn't say it's as direct or straightforward as straight lines. Yeah, agreed. Um, I do believe the band do, does say that they are very influenced by Stephen Wilson, so it makes make definitely makes sense bringing up porcupine tree. Um, yeah, this is a, like a weird ass song, and then like the and the chorus kicks in, and it's just kind of like, oh yeah, it's just Vola. Um, <laughs> But like, yeah, like everything you said about like the industrial things and it's got almost like I I picture like Jordan Rudis where he's uh, 
talking into that voice modulator or whatever. Oh, yeah, you know, like um, they looks like, do, like Bon Jovi yeah, would do before. Yeah, he yeah. looks like Ross from Friends. Uh, that's a, a, a cut that uh, some people may get the reference to. But, um, uh, yeah, um, yeah, definitely less straightforward than the last track, but a pretty good tune. I think this was a... Um, I think this was a single uh, for the the band as well. Uh, Might have been the first single from this album, if I'm correct. I believe Straight Lines was the next single. And um, we get to 24 Light Years. Which is the third single, actually. <laughs> so they, they, they're coming in hot right off the bat with this thing. What do you, what do you think of this tune? Um, let's see. How do I... I don't know that I have the musical knowledge to describe this song in the way that <laughs> I would feel comfortable doing, but um, I just I like the um, the way that the 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 drum fills are that kind of build up the yeah. song. It, it's it's really um, it's a really cool song for being such a chill tune i like this one quite a bit actually um so do i and and even though it and i like a lot i like the lot where it picks up in the middle too and has a little bit more beefiness to it um it's a really really cool tune i think it's very underrated in many ways i know it was a single but i've never heard anyone talk about this i'm looking forward to seeing it live to me it was in contention for song of the week along with a couple of other tracks uh i'm not choosing it but i i thought about it um Really, really beautiful melodies, thought-provoking lyrics, and it kind of builds to an instrumental section, which is actually the payoff, which is not something you see all the time. Um, but I, I like this song a lot. Yeah, uh, absolutely well said. I'm uh, right there with you. It gets uh, gets a little weird on the next one, though, huh? Yeah, it, 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 this is... <laughs> I mean, we, we, we touched upon some techno before, but here it really comes out in full, full force and effect. Um, this one is a bit of a miss for me. It is mid-paced. It's anthemic. It's just a little repetitive for my taste, and I just don't understand the rap. I, I guess I, I don't know why they did it. Um, not that I can't get behind it. It's going to be it. better just, when, when Milton does the rap parts on stage at Prague Power, like I suggested. I will be so. Front and center for for that um, that I can't wait for. Hopefully, he knows how to play keyboards for Beast in Black as well. But um, <laughs> if he'll have to go from singing to, to playing keyboards for them. But um, hey, yeah, if, I, if I Danny think, from Voyager can do it, I, mean. <laughs> I, I think it's a. I think the song ends strong, but I just don't really know what to make of it. Yeah, it grew on me a bit at, at first. I don't think I liked it at all. Um, it kind of reminded me of like uh, Everlast, if you remember that uh, that that song, what it's like. Um, that Unfortunately, really deep, that deep, that kind of deep. It's not even. I don't know. At first, I didn't think it was rapping. It's almost like he's just talking with like a really deep voice. I guess it. I guess maybe that's what rap is. I don't know, but um, it's it's odd. It's it's um, but I, I also think the chorus is really good. It's really powerful. So like. The song is just kind of, kind of weird. Um, the uh, the rapping slash talking sections were performed by uh, shaman, which I think are a, a two person. Um, I don't know if it's a. I don't know if you call it a rap group or or whatever. I don't know. I didn't do as much research on shaman as I 
would have would have liked and being that Andre Matos is a part of it it was really not that not that fascinating to me but um it is a really interesting song it's definitely one of the weirdest the um the weird like spooky keyboard vibe that is at the beginning of the song reminded me of some of the the creepier scenes on the show lost which I, I, is one of my all-time favorite tv shows um so yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't really know what to make of the song, I, I, but it's um I think the chorus really um holds it up. Um but it is interesting that they kind of went this way where like the verses are, are a little bit more of these like kind of talk raps with this really like deep voiced um fella. Uh interesting. It's an interesting tune. Yeah, that, well said. Um I I still don't know what to make of it. Um I I know a lot more about freak which is the next song it's it's another ballad it's beautifully done it's kind of easy listening in many ways um i don't think it's i don't think it's their best ballad but it certainly deserves to be on the album uh i, I agree 100 percent um again it, it's another one of those just uh similar to ruby pool it's just kind of chill um all the way through i don't think it's as good of a song as ruby pool but um yeah. it's it's solid um I think it's kind of needed after that, like opus of <laughs> previously, uh, where there was just a lot, a lot going on. Um, I really like the next track, though, Napalm. Uh, what about what are your thoughts on this one? Definitely more upbeat. Um, it the the keyboards almost remind me of like lasers, the way that they're 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 kind of out there. Um, this is one of those songs that as I was typing up my notes, I was moving my head to it. I'm like, I think I'm un- sub- like subconsciously moving to the beat. So that's definitely a good song, a good sign. Um, I don't think it's their best tune, but I, I, I definitely thought it was solid enough. Um, my, my, my one gripe is a little long in the tooth. I thought it was a bit too repetitive, um, especially towards the end, but good enough, like a, a decent song. Well, as as the as this is tending to go with us, this is my favorite song on the South. Really? <laughs> wow! All right, this is so we both like the band. We just have completely different taste in what we like. That's okay. Yeah. They're going to um, be watching us in the crowd while they're playing, and they're like, "This one guy only likes half the songs. The other guy likes the other half." <laughs> yeah. They haven't agreed on anything yet. But between they, the two of them, they like they, the whole set. Hope they never do a podcast together. Yeah. <laughs> what What is it about this song that you like so much? I think it's just um again like the the keys are so catchy like right right from the beginning um much like Starburn um it just uh it, it hooks me in and 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 I'm hooked um it's again uh I don't think I actually like said if I had a favorite song from the Applause album um it's really close Ghosts is definitely up there probably Ghost is yeah, probably say Ghost is my favorite, and I think that all three of, this, of my favorite songs on these three albums all kind of have a similar, just super catchy, um, keyboard-driven. Uh, just the entire song is pretty keyboard-driven, but it has a, a keyboard riff at the beginning that hooks you in. And um, and again, it's an, it's one of the more I think catchier choruses of uh, of the Vola catalog. So I um, I like this one a lot. Yeah, I, I I get it. I do. Um, we go to Future Bird, which is a really strong start to this tune. I think good riff, great keys. I think the verses, the word I would use is intriguing. Like I don't really know what to make of it, but it kind of makes you want to hear more. 
Um, and then a strong chorus, as you kind of get to expect from this band. I think this is an underrated song in many ways. Never hear anyone talk about this one either. But uh, as we get towards the end of this album, this is this is a good one. The first like twenty seconds of keyboard sound like a power metal song. Like yeah. it's like the first time that I got power metal vibes from this band. Um, and uh, yeah, it was almost like something out of like the Power Quest playbook. Um, I, 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 and then, and then it just goes into like chill vola, like you know, it's like oh, I, there, there they are. Uh, they, they, were, they were gone, but not forgotten. Yeah, it's like. Um, you're waiting for like Vince McMahon to pull the hood out and be like, it was me the whole time. Um, but yeah, that or, the, that or the Scooby-Doo thing where they pull the mask off and it's like the same person and they're all pointing at each other. Yeah, it's just Vola every time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like this one a lot too. Probably, um, probably in my top three or four songs on this album. Um, another good song. I, I was just really surprised at how many songs I liked by this band that were just kind of a, mid-tempo kind of uh mid-tempo kind of song but the the songs are so interesting that it doesn't matter that it's not fast-paced and there'll be plenty of that when the band goes on after them but uh i i'm again like i said before i'm really really looking forward to seeing this band live and and i was gonna ask at the end but we're we're almost there do i have a commitment from you that you're gonna see this set oh without a doubt yeah i mean i i'm locked in for uh for them and, and Halo Effect, which was really what I, the reason why I wanted to talk about both bands. Um, Beast in Black was just a, just a kind of a exercise in selfishness <laughs> being, being that I was already a big fan. I, I think knew I'm, every I think, song anyway. Yeah. And I think I'm actually more excited even, even still. So, but now, uh, now those top three bands, I'm, I'm, I'm locked in for the, those three for sure. Um, All right. So first rounds on me. Um, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Let's, let's, let's finish up this album because, um, in many ways, I, I, it, it, listening as many times as I did this week, it actually solidified my thoughts and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of sum up and I'll give my summation at the end, but Stone Leader Falling Down is kind of nothing you haven't heard from them already. It's gentle, it's kind of straightforward, um, a melodic chorus, uh, that's believe it or not even more keyboard driven than some of the others which says something given the nature of the band I, I would say this is one of their more average tunes it's certainly not at the bottom of the, the totem pole but i don't think it's their best but well placed at the back end of the album uh yeah i agree i like this one quite a bit probably one of my more liked songs on this album and i i think it might even be better in a live setting um but uh really good tune i think that um the beginning of this album is, is solid, but I think the last four tracks on this album are really strong. I think they really uh, end strongly. And, and I would have to assume that the next track is your song of the week. Otherwise, you want to throw a curveball and make it a sewing song. <laughs> um, I did post their new single earlier today, but that's that, neither that is, here nor there. Um, yeah, Inside Your Fur is my song of the week. I will share my thoughts, but um, we haven't heard some music in a while. Let's give it a listen. There you go.
All right. So I, I definitely, in my opinion, saved the best for last. I got to be honest with you. When I chose this song as the song of the week, I didn't even realize that I had used it on my old playlist as the best song from this album. So this reinforced everything because I completely forgot about that. What a great closing tune. Um, the keyboards that drive this are top notch. Uh, it, it's just such a slow build, to, but to such a great melodic chorus. Um, and the ending is this trippy sound, but it works so well. I am so looking forward to this song live. I, I really hope they play it. I suspect they will. Uh, but there's just something so catchy about this song that I, I, I'd be remiss not to choose it as my song of the week. Uh, well said. Uh, it was the song that I knew the most of by Vola going into this because uh, I don't remember the reason why I put it on the playlist at the time because I actually that the playlist that I put it on was actually before your uh, year end playlist that was I think the following month. So I don't know if somebody just was talking like Vola's got a new album and this song, this is one of the songs from it. And I, I just went with it. Uh, but um, it's one of the best songs on the album. I definitely concur there in a really great way to, to finish things off. Um, really, like I said, a really strong end of this album. I really like the last four songs quite a bit. Um, I thought the beginning of the album was a little bit, uh, underwhelming after the previous album and, and really getting into it, but it, they really, I thought, rebounded uh, strong at, at the end here. So, yeah, I, I, I can understand that. Um, to answer your question from earlier, I do like Applause better. I think Witness is a good album. It would still be in my top 50 for, for that year. Uh, I don't know that it moved up or down. Maybe it actually moved up a touch based on the prior listens. But to me, it's a solid 7.5 and an album that I just think is going to come off great live. I'm wondering if um, you're in the same ballpark or if you're you're a little higher. I'm with you. Uh, I have it at a um, 7.375, just a smidge under uh, applause. Um, now that I'm looking at it, it actually looks like for me, Vola has gone down. down. Um, not by much. Uh, I, I actually really overall can say that um, this was a really positive uh, listening experience. And I'm glad that, um, you know, I'm glad that I have something else to be excited about uh, as if I didn't have enough to be excited about to begin with. But um, I would hate to think that the band that was going on second to last on Thursday night would be a band that I didn't give a shit about. And that is no longer the case. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them. I think it'll be really good, especially after a couple of adult beverages. And, uh, and I think it'll be a perfect way to not get like burned out before beast in black comes out. Cause they'll definitely, I'll be burned out by the time that sets over. But I think this will just be a good, just stand in the crowd with a nice, nice frosty beverage and just bob my head up and down and enjoy what I uh, have to believe are going to be really uh, talented musicians just uh, doing their thing. So, yeah, I think that's a perfect way to close it. Um, I'm not going to talk about any news items this week just because we went a little bit long. Um, but I do want to talk briefly about next week. I, we uh, next week, it's the first Monday of the month. So we're going to take another Patreon request. Um, I am super excited 
again, no pun intended. Um, but I, I, this was a, this was an album that I knew we would cover at some point. I, I can't believe that it came out in 1995. Just, so I want to be clear about this and I haven't said the album yet, but, um, this album is, is almost 30 years old. And, and the album I'm talking about is what can only be described as one of the 1990s progressive metal masterpieces. Um, and that's Superiors Behind. This is a German band who was around for a spell really only about 10 years or so and then kind of faded away. Um, but that's where we're at. We're going to cover Superiors Behind by request. We are very excited about this because even though it's kind of an obscure album it's an album that we've had in our collection for 25 years so we we know the album um even if we haven't listened to it in some time uh and we may even have some interviews lined up uh, for this one which will be really interesting if um if that pans out because to be honest with you this is a band that's been lost to time in many ways oh without a doubt um especially for me because i really didn't listen to much beyond this, this album like I know they released two more albums and I think they have a live album as well but um, my superior knowledge kind of begins and ends with this album um, so I am looking forward to talking about it I, I listened to it uh, yesterday and I uh, vaguely remembered a lot of it the first two tracks for whatever reason are just embedded in my brain like I know them super well the rest of the album I'm going to need to re- revisit a couple of times. Um, although some of it was just very familiar, but it is, it had been very, very long, maybe more than a decade, maybe 15 years um, since the last time I listened to this album start to finish. So thank you, uh, Adam, for uh, requesting this. Um, I did reach out to uh, Glenn Harveston from Prog Power because he had booked Superior to play uh, Prague Power 2, which happened to be the first Prague Power that took place in Atlanta at center stage and would uh, it would take place there every year up to now. Um, so I was curious uh, about, you know, his thoughts on, you know, why, like what, what got them on his radar and why he booked them and how he felt about their performance and any stories that he has. So he um, he's going to get back to me with something uh, that we'll read in the episode, but I think that'll be uh, interesting because I think a lot of people kind of forget that they actually did play uh, in the U.S. at Prog Power, um, and uh, we'll post. There's a, a pro shot video of one of the songs. Uh, we'll post that at some point during the week that week um, from that uh, from that festival. It for all I know, it could be the only pro shot superior live video. Uh, that exists, although I'm not going to profess that I actually look that hard. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be really cool. I feel like we, um, we've we been uh, very modern in our albums lately. Um, I know it's been a lot of uh, retrospectives, but it's been a lot of retrospectives on bands that haven't been around for that long. These are bands that started years after Superior was long retired. So uh, we're, we're, we're heading back to the uh, heading back to the past and uh, another one from the, the, the vaunted high school years. Nice. I, I, I like it. Uh, I'll come back the following week with a, another uh, album of my choice and we will roll into September. But I've got some, uh, I've got some good stuff planned for the next couple of albums. I actually have, I haven't figured out what I'm going to choose for my next album, but I know what I'm going to choose for the album after that. 
I'll just float. Yeah, I mean, we've had we've had our schedule pretty much mapped out for a month, so now we kind of can go back to surprises. uh, What we do, Uh, so yeah, August should be fun. Um, I have not decided if I'm going to choose another prog power band, um, but if I do, it'll probably just be one album. But I'm thinking I might just call it a day. Um, I put my prog power playlist up on spotify um chances are if you're uh in any of the prog power groups you saw i posted it there um i had some some very uh positive comments from people that were very thankful that uh, somebody went out of their way to do that but the reason i bring that up is because i think for bands like um the cryptex and caligula's horse um and poverty is no crime. I think I'm just going to listen to some of their best songs for like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes and kind of just gauge uh, my thoughts based on that. I, I don't know that I can stomach another full discography by anybody. So this was, we did a lot. We did a lot of albums this month. So cheers to you. That was uh, we, a hell of a, a run. And we ended it with what I would argue the, the most uh, intense uh, catalog, which is Vola. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm just really happy that, um, I ended up enjoying them as much as I did. So yes, you have my, uh, you have my attendance, uh, guaranteed on Thursday night at Prague power. I will be there for Vola. Mission accomplished. Uh, enjoy the week, my friend. And let's, uh, let's go listen to some German. That, you know, that reminds me, yeah. uh, you can't spell, Vola without Vola. So, Nick, we'll hope to be seeing you on uh, Thursday <laughs> night at Prague Power. <laughs> Cheers, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, buddy.